0: John 16, verse 33, I'm continuing to teach how to live in confidence continually. How to live in confidence continually. The subtitle today is God's Hope. God's Hope. Now, how to live in this, in confidence continually. How to be in a place where it does not matter what happened. It doesn't matter who do what or who say what. But, and you, but you are in this place where you believe and you expect that no matter what, all things are going to work together for good and everything is going to be all right. You are going to come through with a high hand of victory. You're going to be triumphant. And that no matter what the enemy or anything circumstance, no matter anything, period, you're going to have absolute, total, complete victory. In other words, it's like you can't lose. Now, the only way that you can live in that place of such tremendous confidence, courage, confident expectation is you are going to have to totally identify with the life of Christ. If the life that you live is really the life of Christ and it is just him, would that be possible that you could live in this place of continual confidence? I believe the answer is yes. Because you see, the life of Christ that is in you, that life of Christ, everything bows to him everything bows to that nature of christ in you but for that to be your reality galatians 2 must also be your reality for his life to be your reality galatians 2 20 says you must accept receive that you have been crucified with him through his death you were crucified And it is no longer you that live, because the old man was crucified and buried. And the life that you now live is, it is the life of Christ, and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. To the degree that that scripture becomes a reality, to that degree it will be nothing but the life of Christ living in you and through you and everything bows to that nature, bows to him. Amen. So here is the challenge today. The challenge is the challenge in this teaching is going to be this and you got to and you are expanded by the Holy Ghost empowered by the spirit of God to receive this and to run with it. The challenge is for you to see Christ in you and for you to see your life hid With Christ in God, for you to see and to receive Christ Himself as your life. And that's all you see. You absolutely lose sight of yourself. And all you see is not me here, but it's Christ. Hallelujah. Taking on His identity, taking Him, Christ, as your identity. Colossians 3, verse 3 and 4 says, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear. <laughs> Amen? That's in the word. 1 John 4, 17. Let's turn over there and look at it for a moment. First, Epistle of John, chapter 4 and verse 17. Let's lay our eyes on it. Living in confidence continually is to let Christ live in you big as he who he is. It's to live in that identification. 1 John 4.70 says, Love has been perfected among us and in us in this, that we may have boldness, confidence in the day of judgment. How could we? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Where is this confidence coming from? As he is. Not just as he was, but as he is right now. Glory to God. How is he right now? Consider him. He is at the right hand of the Father, sharing in the very dignity of, of the Father. This oh, where did where did I see this verse? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus is at the Father's right hand. He is officially, He is. In the official relationship of sonship with the Father and sharing that kingly dignity. Christ is the expression of the glory of the Father. The outweighing of the radiance of the, of, of the Father and his divinity. He is the perfect imprint and the very image. Of God's nature he upholds and maintains all things by the word of his power every atom everything is held together by him by his power he is the one that is propelling and guiding everything in the universe now this is the Christ that is in you and you are joined here with him. You are a son of God. You share in that kingly dignity, so to speak. And as he is, so are you in this world. Now, this, this, this confidence is locked up with him. The justification of you living with this kind of boldness This kind of confidence and this courage every moment, every day, in any and every situation comes from the truth of what Jesus has accomplished for you through his sacrifice. And all that he has accomplished for you by his sacrifice belongs to you and is yours now. Everything that he finished, all that he has done, all of it, all the benefits coming out of it, they belong to you and you have them. Because when God give you Jesus, he also give you all things. So all of this confidence is connected up with this magnificent sacrifice. Colossians 1 verse 20 says that by the blood of his cross, he has reconciled everything to himself. By the blood of his cross, he has put everything back into where it should have been had there been no fall. Everything is reconciled to God's original intent. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even the very law that was against you and the curse that came with breaking that law, he finished all of that. Colossians 2 verse 14 says that he took that law, he took those commandments that were against us, and he nailed it to the cross so that it no longer has any authority over you. He also fulfilled every righteous requirement, every demand of the law, he fulfilled it on your behalf. He has also redeemed us from the curse of that law. And the law has no voice, no authority over us. You are being dead to that law by the body of Christ and by the very law itself. Galatians two nineteen and Romans 7, verse 4. So what am I saying? There is just an awesome place. I mean, can you imagine there is no condemnation, no condemnation, no sentence upon you because of the sacrifice. Colossians 2.15 says, He spoiled principalities and powers, which means what? He stripped away the authority of the kingdom of darkness, of Satan, and of all of his demons. He took it away. And here you are. 2 Peter 1, verse 3 says, God has given to you everything, all things that pertain unto life and to pay, pertain unto godliness. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus and what he has done, it says we've got boldness and confidence to access the very throne room of God, the holiest of holies, through the veil, that is to say his flesh that has been torn, through the very person of Christ, we have access to the holiest of holies and we've got access with boldness and confidence. We have got access with boldness and confidence by the faith of Christ to God the Father and to the enemy so that we can declare the, the, the manifold wisdom of God onto the principalities and powers. That's a place of absolute confidence, and it's all because of the sacrifice, and it is all embodied in the person of Christ that lives on the inside of you and the inside of me. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's put it this way: by the death of Jesus, by the death of Jesus, and you, say me. I pointed this out really good, and said, by the death of Jesus, said, I have been crucified and buried with Him. You know, when you bury something, is to get rid of it. Amen. Now I'm going to make a statement. Death ended everything that was against you. That death of the Lord Jesus Christ and you being crucified with him. By his death, he ended everything everything that was against you the devil <laughs> the world and the flesh think about this for a moment Okay, this might be a little bit abstract but, but stay with me <laughs> can you imagine for a moment if there is no you if there is no you what can be against you? <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I am serious. I know it's been put in a. But this is, a, this is, this is what it is about. <laughs> Death has ended everything, everything, everything that is against you. If there was no you, what can be against you? This is why I'm saying the challenge in this message is to receive that it's not me here, but it's Christ and taking on that identity. And out of that identity, what will happen? Whoa! Christ in you will become the hope of glory. Death ended everything that was against you. Everything that caused your failure, that caused your fears, that caused you to be timid and intimidated, that caused you to be insecure. Everything that came from the devil, from the devil's authority and the kingdom of darkness, he ended it all. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 says, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's our humanity, he, Jesus, also, himself likewise took part of the same he took part of that humanity he took part of flesh and blood he didn't come in the form of an angel but he came in the form of man so that he can taste death for everyone he himself took part of the same why that true death That true death he might destroy, he might destroy, bring to naught, and make of no effect him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He tasted death for every man, he took that death, he became a man, he took that death, so us to deprive and to take away from the devil that power of death that he had. And so that he can deliver us who through the fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. You see, there's a spiritual death and there's a physical death. The spiritual death is that separation of your spirit from God. And when you accept Jesus and Jesus is in your life and you're born again and you've been sealed by the Holy Ghost, which is a declaration from the Father that what I have begun, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to perfect that which concerns you. I am going to complete this. That seal that cannot be broken, no one can take him out of your hands. You have been perfected forever. So what happened is you have been joined to the Lord. And that spiritual debt is over forever. It is over forever. Jesus says, he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. So spiritual debt is now an impossibility. And as for the physical death, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which is a good deal. Amen? To die is gain. So you see, Jesus, when he tasted death for every man, he took that power and authority away from the devil and he also broke that fear off of our lives. You see, when he became human and became flesh and blood and he did this and, and he took debt, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He took debt? He did that for us. You've got to understand what Jesus did in His body. we call it reconciliation. That word reconciliation means exchange. He became everything that we were, that we might become everything that He is. He took the death that we might have eternal life. He took the curse that we might be blessed. He took the sickness that we might be the heal of the Lord. He was separated from the Father so that we are are connected and accepted and never to be rejected. He became poor that we might be made rich. He took this upon himself. Hallelujah. To deliver us from that fear of death, completely set us free. Completely. The enemy has no access to your life when he doesn't have the doorway of fear to get in. So let's understand that Christ is your freedom. Whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. The Lord Christ Himself. He is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty in Christ. You've got liberty, freedom. So this is the confidence. It's Christ. It's his life. And that resurrection, that death put an end, delivered you, and stopped everything that was against you. Ended everything that was against you. From the realm of the enemy, the devil, and even from the realm of humanity, with all of its limitations. Revelations 5 9 says, You've been redeemed out of every tongue, out of every kindred, out of every people group, out of every tribe, out of every nation, out of every ethnicity. Amen? Out of every language group. You've been delivered and redeemed out of that, and you've been redeemed unto God. In Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male or female, bond or free. Um, African or, or Chinese or, 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 or what else is there? Anglo-Saxon, whatever else there is. In him there is only a new creation. And that new creation is born of God, is an offspring of God, and overcome it. That new creation availeth much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 17, 15 says, you are in the world, but not of the world. What does that mean? You are in the world, but you are not to be defined by the world because you are in the world, but you don't have the limitations that people that are of the world have. You are in a place where you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You are in a place where it doesn't matter what happens. You are more than a conqueror to him that loved you. What do you mean it doesn't matter what happened? It doesn't matter what happened because everything has been, you've got nothing can stop you. Nothing is against you. Nothing, everything is for your sakes. Listen, turn turn with me here for a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just to read this. Hallelujah. If there is nothing coming from the enemy, if there's nothing coming from your humanity, and in a minute, We'll get to this, and nothing coming from the world. Then what else can be against you? <laughs> Amen. Look at Second Corinthians chapter four. Let's pick, pick it up in verse fifteen. Now let's dare to believe this. All right, let's dare to believe this. All things are for your sakes. Say that with me. All things. How much is all? Is that the things that might look bad? Yeah. Does it mean any in every circumstance? Yeah. It means all, everything is for your sake. That grace might abound too many and cause thanksgiving to go up to God. Now, if you look at this verse from a flesh standpoint, man, there is no way to accept that this is going to be, this, all things are for my sake when I'm going to hurt over this. When am when this is gonna happen? When that? When all these? When when I get wrongly accused? When I am betrayed? When I when when I'm punished uh, um, for for what I was? When I was innocent and I got wrongful punishment and imprisonment? How could this all be for my sake? But stop! It's not you here. Remember, you crucified. We have this spirit of faith. It's no longer us. We live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm crucified, not I that live, but it's Christ that lived in me. And now this life of Christ that is in me, speaking from that place, no matter what happens, even when it seems like something mean, it is still for my sake. Why? Because that life of Christ, then that pressure comes just to cause that life to come forth and to cause more grace to bring forth victory in other words when the pressure comes when things happen that life begins to rise up and as we walk in faith and as we thank God in the midst of it all and as we magnify him what happened victory comes out of this and glory to God comes out of this therefore because that is how it works verse 16 don't lose heart don't faint because you're in a rough place even if the outward man is perishing, even if there's circumstances and hardships to the flesh, don't lose, don't faint, because you understand something. This inner man is being renewed day by day, and this life of Christ is coming forth. Grace is being released. When you are weak, then am I strong, that the power of God might rest upon me. His grace is my sufficiency. So don't be faint because you understand that all things are for your sakes. And even though the outward man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed day by day because this light affliction is but for a moment. But watch this. It will work a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things that are seen, but we look at those things that are not seen. We see God, we see Christ, we see the power of God, we see the will of God, we see the purposes of God, we see the hope of God. Amen. So even in the realm of humanity, in, in so you the realm of humani- humanity, the limitations are no longer. They are the human limitations are, uh, uh, you are no longer applies to you to confine you because that's not your identity. Christ is your identity. And you're more than a conqueror through him. And as for the world, with all of their reasoning and their logic and their appearances, man, you go by appearances, you're going to fall into the realm of carnality. Amen? But we're not looking at the things that are seen. We are not going by the philosophies and the reasoning and the logics of men. We are not going by religious traditions and all of those things. No, we know that the fullness, we know that we are complete in Christ. And we look on him. We're not going by the reasoning of men. Our faith does not stand in the wisdom of men. Our faith stands in the power of God. So what am I saying? I am saying that by the death of Christ, it put an end To the enemy's rule and authority, it put an end to the rule of of humanity, and it put an end to the rule of the world. But there is nothing else. All there is now is resurrection. (laughs) Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But praise God, it didn't it didn't end in death, it didn't end in burial. He rose again. You rose again. There is resurrection. And by the resurrection, there is an unveiling of the very life of Christ that is in you. By resurrection, here comes this life of Christ. And in this life of Christ, there is an, the, the, it says in Second um, Timothy 1 verse 10, Life, light and immortality is brought, life and immortality is brought to light. To the gospel, to the revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Light and immortality. That means what? Immunity to death. You cannot be separated from God forever. Spiritual death. And, f- spiritual and, and physical death is just a doorway into the eternal presence of God. <laughs> it's brought to light. And it's, it's this is now your reality. Your reality is Christ in you. The, the hope of glory. It says in Second Peter chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father. Not Second Peter. Oh, oh, that too. That's all right, You'll come there. Hmm. Anyway, by the resurrection, what happened? You are born again, and now everything that pertain unto life and godliness is yours. You have Christ in you. And when God give you Jesus, he also freely give you all things. You are heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Let me back up for a moment. Why would somebody, why would I say something like, By the resurrection, all that God is, he is to you, he is in you, and he is for you. In other words, all in all, by the resurrection, it has made all that the Father has and is yours. All that God is and all that he has is yours and it's available to you. In other words, what am I saying? I'm saying God himself is your inheritance. Can, I give you, can you give me scripture for that as well? How about just one little phrase? You are an heir of who? You are an heir of God. An heir, you are an heir of God. Not only meaning that, that you are heir to what God has, but you are his heir. He himself is yours. There's a scripture that says, The Lord is my portion. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21 says, all things are yours. By this resurrection, Christ is in you. His name belongs to you, his authority. His life is now inside of you. And he's inside of you and he wants to speak. He wants to give you divine utterance. His word, his word that is written and the word that he speaks through you. Everything that you have need of, everything that you have need of, to be successful, to be confident, to be bold, to be courageous—everything that you have need of is yours by resurrection. The scripture says in Second Corinthians one verse twenty-one that you are anointed, and he that has anointed you is God. You are anointed. You know what it is to be anointed. If you were to. If you were to, they used to take oil and rub it over the sheep so as to keep the flies and the bugs off of them. And to anoint is like anoint with oil. Well, you are anointed with the Holy Ghost. It's like if God just took himself and just, just clothed you and just rubbed himself all over you. You are anointed, which means what? Um, Isaiah 10 verse 27 says, so that that anointing can break every yoke and remove every burden. Say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Amen. You are anointed. Christ is in you. Right? Um, first Peter chapter 1 and verse... No, let me hold off on that one. Let's go here instead. So everything, this is Christ in you by resurrection. Now understand this. Everything, everywhere is subject to Christ. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Without him, there was nothing made that was made. Everything is for him and by him and through him. The word of God says in um, Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 23, the word of righteousness has gone out of my mouth that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess he is Lord. Everything bows to Christ. Everything bows to that nature. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that is you. Remember, what is the challenge here? The challenge is this. Take Christ as your identity. Lose sight of yourself. See him. See him. See yourself in him. See him as your life. And then see everything subject to him. And once you can see that, oh, everything. I mean, there cannot be anything else but confidence. You know, it says, God says, I made man in my own image. And I put everything to be in subjection unto him. But then it goes on to say, this is Hebrews chapter 2, 7, 8, 9. It says, but it doesn't look like everything is under him. And then it says this in verse 9. But we see Jesus. We see Jesus. And I can believe everything is under him. So if I can believe everything is under him, and I can take on his identity as mine, and I am in him, everything is under me. But isn't that what the word of God says? That when God raised Jesus from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly he's far above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and made him, and put all things under his feet, under his feet, and made him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So all things are underneath Jesus' feet, but guess what? He's the head, we are the body. Where are the feet connected, to the head or to the body? So all things are underneath your feet. He is our identity. That's the challenge in this message. That is what our, that's what our meditation is to bring us into, to that reality. And that will break every yoke of fear, anxiety, insecurity, um, intimidation, and and, and concerns about yesterday or tomorrow or or any other such thing. Because Christ in you is the hope, is the confidence, and is the glory. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. So by that resurrection, guess what? Having been born again to this life of Christ and everything that comes with it, you are empowered to prosper. You are empowered to receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness so that you can reign in this life through Jesus by virtue of his sacrifice and what he has done, Romans five seventeen. Last week we talked about the fact that the truth of the of, of the reality and the revelation of the Holy Spirit who is in you, and the Holy Spirit that is in you that you received, that came forth from the Father. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit, and to be sealed by the Holy Spirit is to mean that number one, He is your guarantee he guarantees that all the promises are yours and on top of him being the guarantee he is also the down payment amen so there is and and just the revelation of the holy spirit being the down payment and the guarantee of all the promises and of all the inheritance that in itself produces such confidence so that you can be confident you can be absolutely confident that he, the Holy Spirit, he is my teacher. He is my leader. He is my strength. He teaches me to profit, And I mean, he, that's the power that raised up Jesus from the dead. Oh, that exceeding great power that is in me as a believer. Man, that produces a lot of confidence. Amen? Now, for a minute this time, I want to make a little switch, though. I want to talk to you a little bit about the hope. We've been talking about it already. I'm just going to go a little further. Christ in you is a hope. But let me just switch to the hope part. That by the sacrifice of Christ and by his resurrection, it says you are born again to a living hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us. God has born again. To what? To a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, that doesn't fade away, that is reserved in heaven for you. Now, don't think about the planet heaven. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's in the realm of the spirit. And it's right there inside your spirit. It's right there in the kingdom of God that is within you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's their inheritance is there. The, the word of God, Paul, prays that we would know that the eyes of our understanding would be opened, that we would know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his inheritance that is in the saints. <laughs> Amen? Amen? There is inheritance in you. Say, there is inheritance in me. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so you are born again to a living hope. You are born again to a living hope, a divine hope. To God's hope. To God's dream. That hope is what God has called has called you to. It's what God has spoken about you. It's what God has said. And quite frankly, it is what God has willed and purposed where you are concerned. And Christ is the embodiment of that hope. All right? Now... As it says in Colossians, this hope is reserved in heaven, Colossians 1 verse 5. And it's a confidence, it, 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 it's, it's the revelation of this hope produces confidence, it produces courage, it produces boldness, it produces this stuff. Hebrews chapter 3 verse, verse, verse 6 says, speaks about a rejoicing and the confidence of that hope. The confidence of the hope. When you recognize that God says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. God says that when the enemy comes against you one way, they'll flee seven ways. Suppose you believe that. (laughs) Just believe for a moment that here is God looking at you right in your eyes, and he's saying to you, look here, I'm I'm not going to lie. It's impossible for me to lie. Listen to what I'm saying to you right now. The enemy, that any enemy that come against you one way, they're going to flee seven ways. Furthermore, I want you to know this. God is looking you in your eyes and he says, no weapon, none, no matter, no matter where it's formed, how it's formed, no weapon formed against you. It might be formed, but no weapon formed against you will prosper. What would be your, and you believe that, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, what, you, I mean, you're going to have a hope that no matter what's going on, I'm going to be all right. The enemy will be scattered. The weapon wouldn't prosper. And out of that hope will come what? A confidence. man. I mean, the enemy shows up. You might begin to rejoice and laugh and be glad and, and celebrate because, you're, oh, oh, here comes the victory. Let's see how he's going to do this one. So there's a rejoicing. And there is a, there's a confidence that comes out of this hope. Mono, this is a heavenly hope. This is not a hope based on, oh, man, look at, look at the size of that giant. No, 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 no. It's not a horizontal hope. It's a hope from heaven. It is a hope coming from God. It is a hope based on what he has said, what he has willed, what he has purposed. That hope reveals his very heart and his desire for you. God said to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. God said that. Abraham believed it. Even when he was 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he believed it. And against natural hope, natural hope said there is no way you're going to have any kind of baby at this age and given Sarah. But against natural hope, he believed in a supernatural God hope. And he began to give glory and thanks to God. And he, and I mean And he began to introduce himself to his friends as the father of many nations. There is a natural hope, but there is a supernatural divine hope. You are born again to the divine hope. You are born again to what God has already said, finished, spoken, purposed for you, and it's settled in heaven. Now, we got to believe that and line up with it. I had the Lord say this to me one time, that the word of God is forever settled in heaven, but when you believe it, speak it, and act like it's so, that's how you get it settled on earth. Amen? All right. Say, I'm born again to a living hope. It is that hope that Paul was praying about in Ephesians chapter 1 when he says that the eyes of your understanding would be opened and that you would know what is the hope to which he has called you. Amen? And what is the riches of that inheritance? That you would know what is that hope. It is a supernatural divine hope. This is what it was speaking about in Jeremiah 29, where God says, I know the plans that I got for you. I know the future that I got for you. It's a good future. It's a good plan. I, so that, and I, I, He says, I know this. and I don't want you to get a hold of my thoughts, because if you could get a hold of my thoughts that I think concerning you and concerning your future, you would have hope. <laughs> you would have hope in the end. That's what he was saying. You're going to have hope that no matter what, there is a good outcome. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 was talking about. That is what 2 Th- Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says. God says, look, before I, before I formed you, God says, this is how it is. He says, look here. I called you with a holy calling. And I saved you, delivered you, set you free. And I did all of that. And I purposed certain things concerning your life. And I give you grace for it to be accomplished. And I did that. Not according to your works. I did that before the foundation of the world. But the moment you receive Jesus and he appears, all of these things begin to come into manifestation. So as Christ in you begins to come forth, then here what he has spoken begins to be fulfilled. Here what he has purposed begins to be fulfilled. Here the grace to bring it to pass begins to be, be made manifest. And all of the salvation and the wholeness. Remember, the salvation was there before you believe. <laughs> it's always ahead of you. Amen. It's, all, it's there before you believe. Man, you're believing on to. If you're going to believe on to, then whatever it is you're believing on to better be there before you believe. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you're on to a vacuum. <laughs> Say, I believe. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Amen. So, Christ in you is that hope of glory. Christ in you is the confident... The word glory has to do with the excellency of God. The word glory also has to do with the manifested goodness of God. Amen? So when it says Christ in you, the hope of glory, it means Christ in you is the confident expectation that you should have for the manifestation of the goodness and the excellency of God. Christ in you is your confident expectation. I'm going to get manifestation of his goodness and of his excellence. You see this is the this faith must believe that God is. You've got to fight to lay a hold of that faith. So you got to contend. I mean, there is things from the natural realm, stuff coming from humanity and the devil and circumstances and history that is telling you, no, you can't believe this. Hey, I'm not considering any horizontal hope, but I'm going to lay a hold. Yes, that's right. I'm going to lay a hold of that hope that is set before me. Turn with me to um, Hebrews chapter 6. Halabako shotoko hallelujah christ in you is the confident expectation of the manifestation of god's goodness Hmm. and you gotta warn that you gotta you gotta god wants you to have this hope that's why paul prayed that you would know what is this hope all right hebrews chapter six Hmm. abraham was in a situation abraham was in a situation God had promised him a child, and, and I mean, here it was. Time was going by, and, and I mean, that there was no baby, no baby, no baby, no baby. And he's thinking, man, look, what am I going to do? All, all I have is this Eliezer, my servant, and he's the one that is going to inherit my stuff. I, I don't have a seed. God says, hey. And that's when God spoke to him and says, you know, um, that this, your seed is not going to be from Eliezer, but I'm going to give you a seed. And, uh, and later on, God changed his name and says, Uh, um, and god called him a father of many nations but let's look a little bit of the process hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 and so that oh i gotta read verse 11 just in case i didn't get back to it we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope there is a diligent application that is required of you to lay a hold of this hope are you with me you got to be diligent to get the assurance, to get the confidence out of that hope. Amen? <laughs> I don't know why this picture would cross my mind, but I remember some people used to, when you we were growing up, not me, I never did it, where they would, they would tickle it, put a little hole on top of the eggshell, and suck the egg yolk out of it. Ooh! <laughs> right? <laughs> right? But, okay, so let's forget that. Let, let's do something. Let's think about, think about a mango a nice mango, and you take the mango and you squeeze the mango and you massage the mango really nice. And when the mango begins to get nice and soft and stuff, then you bore a hole at the top and then you begin to suck it, it out of there. Amen? Well, there's a confidence inside of this hope. There's a full assurance inside of this hope. But you better be diligent to get a hold of that confidence that is in this hope and to come to the full assurance of it. And so that you can squeeze the confidence out of this hope. Amen? I'm just showing you there's going to be a diligence involved. But when you get a hold of this, bless God, it's going to bring great deliverance. All right. They're moving right along. <laughs> so it says in the verse 12, so don't be sluggish. Don't be lazy. But be imitate those who through faith and patience inherit. Say inherit. It didn't say pray for. It didn't say beg. it. It says inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, "Surely, blessing I'll bless you, multiplying I'll multiply you." And so, after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Because you see, men swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation, confirmation <laughs> is for them an end of all dispute. God said, okay, Abraham, I don't have anybody greater than me to swear by, so I'm going to swear by myself. And once God swears, then it means the argument is over. Right now, they're having a whole bunch of stuff going on in the United States regarding the election. I mean, it's done, but, but they're, they're still fighting and fussing over Confirmation. And in a few days, in various states, it's already been confirmed. When the, when the confirmation comes, bam, it's done. Forget Supreme Court. Forget all these other fighting and all of these legal wrangling. It's over. Say over. Okay. <laughs> so here's the point the point is this God says, Abraham, I make an oath and I confirm it. In blessing, I'm going to bless you. And Abraham took it. He took it, say, I take it so no no god determining to show more abundantly not just to abraham but to the heirs of the promise that's you and i the immutability the unchangeableness of his counsel he confirmed it by an oath so that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for god to lie his promise and his oath we might have a strong consolation a strong comfort a strong persuasion who have fled for refuge to lay a hold of this hope that was set before us. This hope is a refuge. It's a hiding place. It's a shelter. It's a high pavilion in a place where the enemy cannot touch you. It's like a high tower. God says you be diligent to squeeze and to, get, to squeeze the confidence that comes out of that hope. Pursue this hope. Get a hold of this hope and then let this hope become your refuge so that no matter what's happening in the natural, no matter what Sarah looks like, no matter how old you are, no matter what the circumstances say, no matter what the doctor says, none of those things matter. Anything coming from the realm of humanity or devil or demons or whatever, it is finished and I'm alive to a living hope that is from God let that hope be your refuge this hope we have as an anchor for your soul so that when the waves come when the torment comes, when those things come man and try to rock your boat you don't move because you are anchored by this hope this supernatural divine hope that is from God that penetrates beyond the veil into the and come proceeds from the very presence of God Almighty where your high priest is seated. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Glory to God. So the scripture says in Romans chapter 15 verse 13, let the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you might abound and overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of that hope firm to the end. This hope that is from God. This hope has confidence. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 5 says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is a natural hope. It says for we through the Spirit eagerly wait. We eagerly Wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. The hope that comes out of this oneness you have with Christ. The hope that comes out of this authority of Christ that is now yours. The hope that comes from this liberty and this freedom as if sin has never been has never, has never existed. The hope that comes from all of these promises to which the Holy Ghost is a guarantor and a down payment. Get a hold of that hope. Wait. Get a hold of that hope. God wants you by the help and the power of the Spirit of God to get a hold of that hope and take a hold of it. The God of all hope fills you with all joy and peace In believing that you might abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Not human effort, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. So don't look to the environment. Don't look to people. Don't look horizontally. Look to God. Hope comes from the scriptures. Romans 15 verse 5. Hope comes from what God has spoken. The hope is what he has said. And you see, it's come from his heart. What God hope is in the hope of God is the revelation of the will of God. And we, and we know whatever we ask according to his will. We are confident whatever we ask according to his will, which is the hope. We know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we also know that we have the petitions we desire of him. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Look to God. Psalms 119 verse 14. You are my hiding place. You are my shield. I hope in your word. David was one time, there. I mean Saul was trying to kill him and, and everything else and he was hiding in caves. And from a natural standpoint, it didn't look good. But David says, you know what? He says, I would have fainted. I would have quit. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel, but I didn't. And the reason why I didn't is because. Psalms 27 verse 13. He says, the reason why is because God was my hope. And I'm and, I, and I'm trying to, it's trying to slip away from me, but I rebuke that in Jesus' name. He says, oh yeah, forget it. I remember it <laughs> He says, he says, the reason why I didn't quit, the reason I didn't give up, is because I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Well, Jesus is the manifestation of the goodness of God. Christ in you is the expectation of the manifestation of the goodness of God. So you do not faint, you do not quit. You keep looking to him who is the author, who is the finisher of your faith. If you look at the circumstances, then what will happen is that you will faint. You will begin to sink. But lift up your eyes and look onto the hills. Lift up your eyes and look to Jesus. Even though there might be serpents all around, and even though there are cries of pains and agony rung about you, everyone that looketh unto him shall live because he has a lifting power that flows out of him that will lift you up above the circumstances because of that supernatural hope. Consider him, lest you faint in your heart. Consider him, let your eyes be fixed on him. Consider Jesus, the high priest of of, of, of your profession. Consider him. He is in you. He is your life. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He keeps it together. He holds it together. He gives it direction. He, he propels it. He, the whole universe, he holds it together. And everything bows to him. And he is your life. He is your hope. He is your confidence. He is the expectation from God for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. You receive this? Well, then let's say this. Say, the God of hope fills me. Now, notice what I said. I didn't say he's going to. I said fills. So let's say it. Say, the God of hope fills me with all joy and peace in believing. I'm a believer. Fills me with all joy and peace in believing so that I abound and I overflow with hope. Hope that is from above. Hope that is from God. That hope is my refuge. And it anchors my soul so that my mind, my will, and my emotions, they don't toss me to and fro, but they are anchored by this hope that is from heaven there's hope that is from god there's hope that is divine there's hope that is embodied in christ and he is in me he is my life blessed be the name of the lord amen hallelujah praise the lord you receive that amen praise god forevermore blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord glory to god Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, we thank you, we bless you. Lord, you are ever so faithful. And I thank you that even as Christ, as a son over his own house, he is ever so faithful, and you are faithful. You are faithful who has begun a good work, and you are completing it. Father, we thank you that we've got your word that is settled in heaven. We are a people born to win, born to be victorious. And in this world, there may be tribulation, there may be tests, there may be trials, there may be situations. The peace is not in this world, but the peace is from him. This peace that passes all understanding. This reality that everything has been reconciled to your original intent. And we receive Christ, he is our peace. So that no matter what goes on, no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstances are, we don't have to be anxious about anything. But we remain hooked up with you. And we recognize that we are more than conquerors. We recognize that nothing can separate us from you and from your love. Oh, Father, we thank you. And so we take the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ, That says, be of good cheer. Cheer up. Cheer up. Be of good courage. For I have overcome the world. And my victory is your victory. For I did it for you, I did it in your place. And now, there is an exchange. I've taken your life so that you can have mine. Now go and run with it. Hallelujah.